Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. For free resources and free messages, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. What a word it is to us this morning, Lord, because what a God you are to us. And we pray, Lord, that as we study your word today, that you would open our hearts, show us wondrous things about the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in his name, amen. Now, Genesis chapter 17, and uh, we'll begin reading here. And if you turn Genesis chapter 17, where God says in verse one, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. Thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name be any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make the nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession I will be their God. And God said unto Abram, thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee and their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man child in your generations. He that is born in the house or bought with the money of any stranger which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. God said unto Abram, As for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her. She shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abram fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is 100 years old and shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear. All right, so there we have it. Now, In verse two, which is where we were, is very important words where God says, and I will make my covenant between me and thee. And with those words, now God begins to do something. This is the beginning now of what is gonna be where God's gonna spread out before Abram a wonderful plan, a wonderful sight, a wonderful dream, a wonderful vision. He's gonna spread it all out here and he's starting with these words and I will make my covenant between me and thee. And so there's a purpose 
in Abraham and Sarah being infertile. And that's what we're gonna discover today. What is the reason why Abraham and Sarah was infertile? There was a reason for Abraham and Sarah not having a child. It was not an oversight on God's part. God didn't say, oh, I forgot to give Abraham and Sarah children, you know? I've been so busy giving children to other couples that I never got around to Abraham and Sarah, you know? I didn't turn to the angels and say, what's the matter with you? You know, it's hard to find good help these days. (laughs) He didn't say that. That wasn't the case at all. But there was a great purpose behind it. And with those words in verse two, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, God begins to reveal now the reason for it all. And from this verse two, you got to picture God saying to Abraham, Abraham, let me take you on a walk. I want to take you on a walk and I wanna walk you down the road of a wonderful dream, a wonderful vision. Notice the last part in verse two where he starts off this dream and he says, I will multiply thee exceedingly. Abraham, I want you to forget all about your situation with Sarah that you are a childless couple. Put that out of your mind right now, Abraham, and I want you just to dream with me. I want you to see you and Sarah with a great number of children. Can you see it, Abraham? This is what God's doing. And God is saying to Abraham, Abraham, see yourself with Sarah with just a vast number of children. Verse two, twice God uses the word me'od, me'od, which means very many. And so he says in verse two, he uses these words twice. He says, me'od, me'od. And at this point, Abraham may be tempted to say, me'od nothing. What are you talking about? When Sarah and I look at each other, we're childless. We don't have any children and we're 100 years old. There's no me'od here. There's no me'od. He might be tempted to do that. Abraham. And if Abraham would have said that, then God would have said to Abraham, now look, Abraham, if this is going to work, if this thing's going to work, you got to stop looking at yourself. You have to stop looking at your state of infertility and just look at me, Abraham. Let me take this walk with you. Don't be like Israel, like we looked at last week. Don't be like Israel, Abraham, who had said in Psalm 78, 41, that they limited the Holy One of Israel. God had so much plans for the Jewish people, but in Psalm 78, 41, it says that the Jewish people put the stops on God. They put the limit on God. Don't be like that, Abraham, but just let me take you down this road for a walk, a road of a wonderful vision, a wonderful dream, So at the end of verse two, God is saying to Abraham, so we have to look at that, Abraham, what is it gonna be? Is it gonna be you will walk with me down this road of this great vision? Forget about yourself, your state with Sarah. Forget about your infertile state. Or Abraham, are you gonna say no to me? You're gonna argue with me, Abraham? You're gonna argue with me about your infertility? Then we're not going anywhere together. So God is really, you know, he's kind of going like this to Abraham. He says, take my hand, Abraham. We're going to walk together, and you and I are going to go down this wonderful road where I'm going to lay out and spread out for you this great vision, this great dream. Or is it going to be, you're not going to take my hand. 
you're not going to take my hand and you're going to sit here and you're going to argue with me about you being 100 years old and Sarah's 90 years old and 100-year-old people don't have children and it's against nature and that's impossible. So Abraham's really at a crossroads here and he's because God's put his hand back to Abraham and says, come on, Abraham. And so at the end of verse two, God is beginning to spread it out. He says, here's the beginning of the vision, Abraham. This is the road we're going to walk down. I'm going to multiply thee exceedingly. And God has started down this road of this dream, and at the end of verse two, Abraham is tempted to cry out, you're torturing me, God. You're torturing me all our life, all my life, I've wanted a child. And when it's too late, then you're gonna torment me? You're gonna make me miserable with the dream that for all of our lives has been a heartbreak? And now you're going to start up with this dream again and of having children when all of our life has been miserable. And now we're 100 years old, it's too late, and you want me to walk down this road that you call the road of I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham could have said those words that King David said in Psalm 139, 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, it's high, I cannot attain unto it. What's it going to be? This is where God is bringing Abraham, the end of verse 2. There's an unwritten question at the end of verse 2 that's put to Abraham. What will it be, Abraham? Will you walk down this road of this dream of having so many children you can't number them? Or will it be your refusal where you say, I cannot attain unto it. It's too late for me. It's past. That was the question that was in front of Abraham. That was the question that was put to Abraham to either look at his and Sarah's 100-year-old body and say, us having children, nonsense, nonsense. I walk away from your dream, God. I'm walking away. I'm all cried out about having children. I walk away. Or was he gonna look away from himself, look away from Sarah, look at God and say, I'm in, I'm in with you, God. I'll walk down this road with you. I'll let you take my hand. We'll walk down the road of your dream together, which is called the dream of I will multiply thee exceedingly. That's the question that's on the line here. That's the question that Abraham had to answer. And so what we read in verse three is Abraham's answer to that question. It's Abraham's answer to that God. Abraham's answer to that question in verse three is, and Abram fell on his face. That's the answer. That was Abraham saying, okay, God, even though my heart has been broken so many times over not having children, I'll give you my heart. And if it breaks again, it breaks again. And that's what happened here in verse three when Abraham fell on his face. That's very expressive. We understand clearly what Abraham is saying there. So Genesis 17, three, and God talked with him, and that's where God says, that next part where God says, and God talked with him, is God saying, okay, Abram, here we go, down this road. And in verse four, God is going, they're walking together down the road, notice the words, where God says, as for me, you know, look at me, Abraham, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. That's a painful word for this man, Abraham, father, because he was, he, he, because he didn't have any children. So by starting out in verse four with the words, as for me, God is saying to Abraham, Abraham, everything you're going to hear about this vision, everything you're going to hear about this dream is all going to follow. It's going to come from me. 
It's gonna come from me alone. Abraham, if you're gonna really enter into this vision, you gotta do one thing, Abraham. You've got to keep remembering those words, as for me, as for me. Don't look at yourself. Don't look at your condition. Just keep looking at me. That's the as for me significant. You know, this last week, Jenna, this dear friend of Ken and Bev Small, she died at Emory Hospital, the Emory University Hospital. She had a brain tumor where the tumor was not localized into one mass. It was like snowflakes throughout her brain. And there was no way to treat a tumor like that. There's no way to treat a tumor that spread throughout the brain like snowflakes. And if Jenna and her husband just looked at her condition, they would have been like Abraham and Sarah looking at their infertile state. The only way for Jenna and for her husband to rejoice was to look to God alone and say those words of verse four, as for me, as for me, that God said. Then when they say something like that, as for me, then they look at the precious promises that the Lord Jesus Christ said about Jenna, about anyone who dies in that state, as for me, John 14, two through three, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. So notice the words in verse four where it says, behold, my covenant is with thee. With those words, God is saying to Abraham that Abraham has just one person to anticipate all these promises to come from. He has one person to expect all these things to come from, and it's God. And that's why God says, my covenant. So God is saying to Abraham, if this doesn't happen, Abraham, the buck stops here. That's what God's saying. God is saying, you have only one person to blame, only one person to accuse, and it's God. So notice how God explains in verse four, my covenant is with thee. This is a personal covenant between God and Abraham. And here comes the vision. Here comes the greater expansion of the vision where God says in verse four, thou shalt be a father of many nations. When Abraham hears those words, that he's gonna be a father of many nations, we can picture the 100-year-old Abraham smiling and saying to himself, I'm gonna be a father. At last, I'm gonna be a father, not just a father of many nations. It's good, it's great, Abraham's thinking. And we can see in our minds, Abraham hanging on those words. Think of it, a father of many nations. Yeah? And Abraham loves that vision of himself as a father of many nations. He's smiling, he's thinking to himself, that's wonderful. I would have been happy with being a father of one child, you know? He says, but I'm thrilled, I'd be thrilled to have one child. And maybe that child becomes one nation. I'm thrilled to be a father of one nation. I'm a father of one nation. But it's over the top when I think of myself as a father of many nations, he says, you know. That's what you have to do when you walk with God. And so we can picture Abraham wanting to ask God, you really mean that? You really mean that? I'm a 100 years old. I'm a man ready to die. I'm gonna be the father of many nations? That's what you really mean? And so in verse five, God is saying to Abraham, you betcha, Abraham. That's for verse five, that's paraphrase. You betcha, Abraham. In verse five, it was God responding to Abraham, I so much meant it that this promise, you're gonna be a father of many nations, I'm gonna celebrate this promise with a name change. You get a name change. You know, your, your name, Avram, Abram, 
which means hi, Father. And Abraham could have replied, yep, that's my name. My name's Avram. My name means hi, Father. That name has always bothered me. I don't like that name because every time I hear people call me Father, hi, Father, it reminds me that I don't have any children. And so I've always been bothered by having the name Father in my name. So in verse five, God says to Abram, Abram, I got good news for you and (laughs) better news. He says, you know, that name Avram, hi, Father, that you never liked because it had the name Father in it because you've been childless, that name is gonna be retired. That's the good news. (laughs) And then God says in the first part of verse five, neither shall thy name anymore be called Avram, or high father. And at that point, he's thinking, good, now I get a name that doesn't have the word father in it. (laughs) And God says, here comes the better news. Your new name is Avraham, which means the father of many nations and multitude. And so Abraham thinks that new name not only has the name father in it, but it's got even more emphasis on the word father in my new name because I was, before I was a high father, now I'm a father of many nations. So now, so I'm a father of many goy, is a nation. I'm a father of many goyim, many goy. Goy is not a derogatory term. There's other names that are derogatory, you know, but don't think of goy as a derogatory name. It means nation. Anyway, so Abraham is really into this vision now. He's really into this vision with God. And Abraham is smiling and he's saying, that's wonderful news. I am a father of many nations. And God doesn't want Abraham to slip back, to slip back and to think, I'm 100 years old. So he doesn't slip back those important words at the end of verse five. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham for a father of many nations. Have I made thee? That's the important words. Have I made thee? See, Abraham is saying to himself, this is a great vision. Me, the father of many nations, I love this vision. But he says, but God emphasized to him, I have made that. I've made you the father of many nations. Then notice how God spreads out the vision even greater for Abraham in verse six. He says, I will make the exceeding fruitful and will make nations of these. Kings are gonna come out of you. God is saying to Abraham, I'm gonna make you exceeding fruitful. Here God, when he uses the word fruitful, para, it's the same word that he used in the creation in Genesis 1.22 when he talks into the life in the oceans, the seas, the fish, and he says, it says in Genesis 1.22, when he commands the fish, he says to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea. That's the same word. And we all know how much life there is in the sea. Only in that verse, in Genesis 1.22, God did not use the double emphasis, the two words, me'od, me'od. He didn't do it there. So here Abraham hears God use the same word when he told the fish to multiply and they multiplied. God has got to say, me'od, me'od, to him, but he didn't say that to the fish. Hey, to think what would happen to the oceans if God said, me'od, me'od. <laughs> He'd be crawling out all over the place, but anyway. And Abraham now, God hears say the same thing about him that he said to the fish filling the sea, only for Abraham, he says, me'od, me'od, very much, very much. So against all reason, against all logic, Abraham sits there and he thinks to himself, I'm going to have so much children, so much seed, that they'll be in number like the fish in the sea. <laughs> he's in, 
And so Abraham, you can see, he's really getting into this vision now. He's smiling. He's thinking of the, his seed, number of his seed, like the fish in the sea. And then God says to him in these words in verse six, and I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee. So here God says, I will make nations to come from you. That's not all, Abraham. Not just nations, kings. Kings are gonna come from you. And Abraham continues to himself, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Not just children, not just nation. Kings are gonna come from me. And now in verse seven, God promises that this covenant that he's establishing with Abraham is going to be with his seed forever and ever, an everlasting covenant. The covenant is that God is gonna be the God of Abraham's seed forever, forever and ever. And now Abraham is thinking really into God's vision. He's so happy and he thinks to himself, you know, he's not just talking about benefits for here in this life. He's not just talking about on this earth. He's talking about being the God of my seed forever and ever. He's talking about being the God of my seed for eternity is what he's doing. And every parent worries about his children, their children. You worry, what's gonna happen to my kids? And when my kids die, and if unfortunately if parents have to see that, when my kids die, they want the assurance that their children are with God in heaven forever. They want that. And Abraham has just gotten this promise where God has told Abraham, your seed is gonna be with me forever. And then in verse eight, God promised to Abraham that he's gonna give him the land where he's a stranger, you gotta point that out to him. Don't let reality get in the way. But he says he's gonna give him the land that he's on and to his seed for an everlasting possession. So Abraham hears that God's not just talking about a part of the land of Canaan, but Abraham hears God say in verse eight, and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land whereout thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. So Abraham just can't believe it. It's just amazing, can't believe it. First, not just a child, a multitude of children. Abraham's seed is gonna be so many, they'll be, that it won't just make up one nation, there'll be like many nations. And kings are gonna come from Abraham's seed. And the land of Canaan is gonna be given all the land for an everlasting possession. And at the end of verse eight, Abraham hears that his seed is going to be secure. I will be their God. And Abraham hears God say those words, I will be their God. And God is so serious about what he's doing here, about what he's promising here, about what he's explaining here, that God does like he did after the flood. After the flood, God made an explanation, a promise to Noah that he was never gonna destroy the world again by water, like he did in the flood. And he instituted a sign, a sign in the sky, which was a token to everybody to see, to remind everybody that God had promised he was not gonna destroy the water by flood. That was the rainbow. Now, just like the rainbow was a sign of God's promise, so in verses nine through 13, in this whole discussion here, God is giving another sign of all these promises that he's just made to Abraham is a sign of circumcision. But unlike the rainbow, which is always the sign, and that's God's responsibility. None of us go out there and make the rainbow happen. <laughs> we don't do that. To bring the, in the sky after a rain. That's God who does that. God's responsible for making the rainbow. He does that, and that's the sign. But unlike that, this sign of the promises is now Abraham's responsibility. 
and his seed. This new sign is Abraham's responsibility and his sign and his seed. That's a sign of the circumcision. Now in verse 15, now this time we can picture now Abraham, he's so happy. God has promised him a multitude of children. God has promised him many nations are gonna come from his children. Kings are gonna come out of his children. All the land of Canaan's gonna be given to him. God's gonna be the God of his children forever. God's gonna, and to celebrate all of these promises, his explanation, then he changes his name from Abram to Abraham. And as an assurance that God is gonna do all this, he gives him a sign in his body and the circumcision. So this is also wonderful. This is wonderful. And God turns to Abraham, and then he says some promises about his wife in verse 15. God says to Abraham, as for Sarai, thy wife, she won't call her anymore Sarai, Sarah's gonna be her name. So we see in verse 15, God gives a new name for Sarai. See, that's what happened. And Sarai's new name is gonna be Sarah. The name Israel is Sar-El. The Sar stands for prince. So it's a prince with God, Israel. And like in Isaiah 9, 6, tells us the Lord Jesus Christ is gonna be the prince of peace, the Sar Shalom. Sar means prince. And so Sarah's name has the word prince in it. It means princess. So every Jewish woman comes from a princess. <laughs> That's why every Jewish woman is a princess. That's about as far as we'll go with that subject. <laughs> Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051.